Well, um, welcome and welcome to those online as well. It's great to have you here. Mary is an MU member in Sydney. She remembers her mother doing hospital visits with an MU basket of booties. And more recently, Mary herself was hospital visiting. She gave the MU gift to a new mum. This gift included a copy of Luke's Gospel. Um, she then said goodbye. A little while later, Mary remembered that she'd left her umbrella in the hospital room. So she went back and she found the husband reading Luke's Gospel. Praise God. Stories like this are repeated through the various ministries of the Mother's Union and lay women and the ministries of lay women. Most of the ministries that Mother, that MU members do are like this, lay women largely unseen. In her book about MU, Cordelia Moise makes an interesting observation about the MU archives in, at Lambeth Palace Library in London. She's a historian, so she's excited about the sheer scale of the archives. But she says that most of the archives are to do with the running of the organisation. They do not tell the story of MU. As I was working through some of the archives here at Moore College, just through there, um, most of which are from the Diocese of Sydney, there was a lot that actually told me about the running of the, of the organisation. But there was also so much that did tell me about the story of MU. As you work through the archives, what is revealed is the theology, the priorities and the ministry practices of these women. And so a couple of times I found myself, I was sitting at that table just there, I can see it, reading notes or reading a letter and it would move me to tears because the ministry of MU members, what they did was so very good. As Moy says, the MU is a mass organisation from which it's roots from which from which has its roots deep in local parish life and the lives of ordinary women yes most of the MU women were and are ordinary no offense to those of you who are members um, most of us are ordinary aren't we but God so often works through ordinary women to bring about his extraordinary results and he so often does it through very ordinary things very everyday things that ordinary women do every day. Profound things happen in the ordinary. Well, four points about our talk tonight. Firstly, my focus will mainly be on MU Sydney, since the archives are largely from there. Also, the women I interviewed are all from Sydney, the Sydney Diocese. Secondly, I'd like to thank the women I interviewed, Jan Livingston, Christine Jensen, Mary O'Brien, and Julia Williams. Thirdly, I'd like to thank our librarian, Erin, whose idea it was to put this evening on, her organisation of the exhibit and for inviting me to speak. It was great to have the opportunity to do some research into MU, and I emphasise some research because it's just massive and you realise there's so much more to do. Um, it makes me feel like I've just skimmed the surface and, um, yeah, if, you know... You're going into fourth year and you're looking for a church history project. I can see someone going into fourth year here. Mother's Union may be calling you. Um, fourthly, there is so much I could say, so many people I could speak about. If you are an MU member, I'm sorry that I will very likely 
not speak about you or your branch. Once again, your ministry will be largely hidden, um, but God has seen it all. Let's move now for, um, for some historical background. How did MU begin? Point two on your outline, background. 140 years ago, in 1876, Mary Sumner, you can see on the screen here, a vicar's wife, began a new women's ministry in her parish. What began as small and local soon became large and global. When Violet Lancaster wrote a short history of the Mother's Union in 1958, so 80 years after MU began, she acknowledged it began its existence as a humble parochial organisation with a small membership, but its aims and objects as defined by Mrs Sumner have not changed and remain the aims and objects of the Mother's Union, now a worldwide society with a membership of some half million members and associates at home and overseas. It is, in fact, the largest Church of England society for women. Fifty years after Lancaster wrote her book, Moyes wrote in 2008 that MU has, or 2009, has grown to 3.6 million members in 78 countries. Today, in 2022, there are over 4 million members in 84 countries. And I was just told tonight that there's soon going to be 85 countries with Bahrain. Um, is that right, Glenda? Bahrain is going to be um, country number 85. Mother's Union Sydney is part of the Worldwide Mother's Union, a 140-year-old Christian organisation active in 84 countries with over 4 million members who are linked by daily prayer. And remember, the vast majority of these MU women are lay members. Former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, and his wife Jane acknowledged the importance of MU when together they wrote, um, I think it's on your outline there, from the beginning, the MU has opened up new territory for the ministry of lay women in the Anglican Communion. Indeed, it is the most influential and widespread lay movement in the churches of the communion and probably among the most active lay groups in any Christian denomination. So MU is now huge, but back to Mary Sumner and a bit more of the history and why she began MU. MU was raised, sorry, not MU was raised, Mary Sumner was raised in a happy home. Her father ensured his children were well educated so Mary was well-educated, and her father saw that travel was part of her education. Um, the quote there on your outline, Mary Sumner was always very grateful to her father for the opportunities given by him to broaden her mind and cultivate her taste. But it was to her mother that she felt she owed more than she could ever express. The home centred around Mrs Haywood. It was she who created an exceptionally happy atmosphere. It was to her that her family, and indeed all who knew her, turned in all their joys and sorrows. She must have been a truly delightful person, combining deep religious faith with a sound common sense. Her love for and understanding of all sorts and conditions of people, her unbending principles and her keen sense of humour made a deep and lasting impression on Mary Sumner. 
Time and again in her speeches and in her writings, she referred to her mother in terms of deep appreciation and gratitude, reminding her audience and her readers that what is learnt in the home is never forgotten. In July 1848, aged 19, Mary married George Henry Sumner. His family was very well connected with the Church of England. He was a descendant on his mother's side of William Wilberforce. His paternal great, great, sorry, his paternal great grandfather was headmaster of Eton and provost of Windsor. His grandfather was a vicar. His father served as chaplain and librarian to King George IV at Windsor and he became Bishop of Winchester in 1826 when um, George was aged two. George and Mary met while both were spending a winter in Rome, as you do. <laughs> Mary said of their marriage, the, un their un the union turned out to be a most perfect and ideal one and has been one long period of alloyed happiness. Not long after they married, George was sent by his father, the bishop, to the parish of Old Arrowsford, a small Hampshire village close to Winchester. This is where Mother's Union was born. When Mary gave birth to her first child, a daughter, she felt totally inadequate for the task of bringing up a child in the right way, morally and spiritually. And she realised she was not alone, that the vast majority of other young mothers felt this way also which I found that really interesting because I think so often we can be, you know, isolate ourselves um, in our stress. We can think we're the only ones experiencing this, but Mary didn't think that. But it was not until some time later that Mary invited 30 or 40 village mothers, all known to her, to a meeting at the rectory to discuss the possibility of meeting regularly to help each other realise the responsibilities of wives and mothers but she was so freaked out about having to speak to these group of women, even though she knew them all, she asked her husband to give her apologies. Um, but one week later, so, um, and I'm told that different MU groups take that as an encouragement to encourage women to speak because one week later, she invited the women again. Praise God. After much prayer and trust, Mary Sumner spoke. At first, the meetings were weekly and quite informal. Then in 1876, she drew up a card and had about 50 of them printed. What was written on the heading of the card was what came to her when she herself became a mother. So on your outline there, remember that your children are given up, body and soul, to Jesus Christ in holy baptism and that your duty is to train them for his service. She also added some simple practical suggestions for the training of children. But Mary realised that other mothers needed help beyond her parish. So the expansion of MU that she dreamed about, um, it didn't come until a little bit later, it came unexpectedly in 1885. So at this stage, if you're any good at maths, Mary wasn't a new mother. She was in her 50s, so grandmother age. Mary was at a meeting in Portsmouth with her husband and the Bishop of Newcastle was the chair. The hall was packed with women and many of these women um, suffered poverty and stress and in great need of help and encouragement. The Bishop suddenly realised while on the platform with Mary sitting next to him 
shouldn't just keep having all these men speaking to these poor women. They need to hear a woman speak. So he just said to Mary, you need to speak, like, off the cuff. And, again, that really freaked her out. She was very reluctant to speak. But an early account of the meeting said, Mary, Mrs Sumner made a short speech with great charm and deep piety in which she expressed her conviction that if a mother's union could be started, in which mothers of all classes could unite in faith and prayer, a great work could be accomplished for the good of their husbands, children, homes and country. With the help and inspiration of God, all difficulties could be conquered and the home life of the nation be raised. Through united prayers, mothers could be given miraculous strength and be successful in their sacred duties by the grace of Jesus Christ. So she gave this short speech, and then the very next day, a meeting of influential women was held in the Winchester Diocese, led by the bishop's wife, Mrs Harold Brown, to see if Mary Sumner's idea could come to life as a union of mothers. It all got approved, and the rest, they say, is history. Mother's Union, though still linked to the local church, had moved beyond Mary Sumner's parish to other individual churches. Encouraged by this take-up, Mary visited many towns and villages to share her ideas. On your outline there, mothers were not accustomed to being treated with any special consideration. They struggled to do what they could for their husbands and children without any of the help and advice which, in these days this is written in the 50s, is offered so freely by the welfare state and by the radio, television and the popular press. Religion must have meant much to many of them, but it was often a personal affair. The suggestion that they should combine with other mothers in praying for their homes and families appealed to them. So too did Mrs Sumner's plea that through the Mothers' Union they should learn more about the Christian faith and in this way, be better able to teach their children their first prayers and first Bible stories. In an ever-increasing number of parishes, the Mother's Union was welcomed as a much-needed and a very acceptable union for Christian mothers. So it, it, it may be second nature to you because you may identify as Reformed and Evangelical, but it's becoming like this a much more public Christianity for a number of these women than they had ever had before. On MU, in Emu's vision at the um, Sydney Centenary um, service in the cathedral, sorry, at Emu's, sorry, Jan Livingston said about Emu's vision, Mary Sumner, our founder, had a vision. It was to win the homes of the nation for Christ. I quote from her biography by Mrs. Horace Porter, that one single aim was constantly before her, whether she threw her energies into combating influences perilous to the faith of little children or into a strong resistance to every attempt at loosening the tie of marriage. On the Sydney website, the purpose of MU states the Statement of Faith, Mother's Union Sydney. The purpose of Mother's Union is to be specially concerned with all that strengthens and preserves marriage and Christian family life. Our Aim is at the advancement of the Christian religion in the sphere in the sphere of marriage and family life. Our five obje objectives are to uphold Christ's teaching on the nature of marriage and to promote its wider understanding, to encourage parents to bring up their children in the faith and the life of the church, 
to maintain a worldwide fellowship of Christians united in prayer, worship and service, to promote conditions in society favourable to stable family life and the protection, protection of children, to help those whose family life has met with adversity. So they have big, big aims, big objectives. So the third point there on your outline, biblical. Well, we've seen that MU began by a lay woman and its members, it's full of lay women. Various ordained women have done wonderful things for MU in our own diocese. For example, um, Narelle Jarrett and Cara Hartley have given talks. Jan Donoghue um, has been a chaplain. Jackie Stoneman has written um, many Bible study materials for MU. But the vast majority of women have been lay. But why have lay ministry at all? The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58 that all Christians are to be involved in the work of the Lord. New Testament scholar and my colleague Peter Orr says, as on your outline, when Paul tells the Corinthians to abound in the work of the Lord, he is not issuing a call to general Christian living in light of the resurrection. Rather, the work of the Lord refers to what believers do to advance the gospel among unbelievers and to establish believers in the gospel. So the work of the Lord is not a general description of the Christian life, but an activity with a particular goal. More people bearing the image of the Son. The resurrection, in other words, should motivate Christians to devote themselves to the work of proclaiming the gospel to unbelievers and building believers up in that same gospel. We also see in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Peter 4 and Ephesians 4 that all Christians have been gifted to serve the church. There are also all the, um, all the one another commands in the New Testament. The New Testament makes clear that each Christian, male and female, have been gifted by God's spirit to build the church and reach the lost. We exercise these gifts in our homes, other family and friendship groups, but of course we exercise these gifts in our local churches and in parachurch ministries like MU. In all these contexts, our, um, Christians are to be involved in the work of the Lord. At this point, it's good to remind ourselves of the geographical scope just within the Diocese of Sydney of MU women involved in the work of the Lord. So, for example... At the MU AGM in 2009, the attendance record shows members from Sutherland, Camden, Guildford, Barrel, Normanhurst, Barrow, Figtree, Yaguna, Enfield, Epping, Wollongong, Carlingford, Mossman and Bankstown. So given that there is that geographical spread, it's very likely, isn't it, that the women will come with different backgrounds, gifting, skills at times, which only make the ministries of MU richer and more full but all involved in that common work of the Lord. Let's now turn to point four on your outline. What are some of the ministries that MU lay women did and do? And I'm gonna spend the rest of our time looking at some of those ministries. And at, at times I'm gonna read um, extended quotes so you can hear the voices of MU women, okay? So point four there. Court, oh, I kept forgetting about this. <laughs> I'll just go through a couple of these. Sorry about that. That's Mary Sumner House in London. Some of you may have been there. Um, two former um, MU members. 
And, oh no, I ran it, this is where we're up to. That's great, I only missed two. <laughs> Someone, Julie, you wave if, if I keep forgetting to move that, okay? <laughs> um, okay, so courthouse ministry. Magistrates noticed, so um, magistrates noticed how much calmer defendants and families were when the MU women um, were there serving tea and biscuits at the courthouse. So 68 women had been serving morning tea three days a week on a roster. The Sun-Herald reported that they were asked to extend this to five days a week. Um, maybe that was in 1972, not quite too sure. It all began in Sydney with an MU woman named Joyce Heyman. And actually, I'll just go back because this is this. The woman, the third woman, yeah, this woman here, with the great dress. But <laughs> <laughs> so that woman, that's, that's lovely Joyce, okay? Uh, she sounds amazing. Um, so it all began with Joyce, okay? And it, it, it got so much news that it was, it, um, it was in different papers over time. Um, her husband was a minister. They had been in ministry in country Australia for many years before moving to Sydney. Joyce was the social problems convener of MU. In July 1973, the Sun-Herald reported that it took a quiet homemaker to go and look at the place, as in the court, with the intention of trying to improve the situation. So Joyce, after seeing an article on the court being described as bleak house, you know, taking up Charles Dickens there, she went and had a look and then thought, actually, even just the power of a cup of tea that will make all the difference and a smiling face a calm presence because she thought everyone just seemed so discouraged, so despondent. So she sought permission from the Justice Department. And um, in 1974, um, so they got permission, and in 1974, the maintenance court, which was in Castle Ray Street, they wrote to Joyce detailing um, the room that they could, they could have and the urns and other supplies. So this is um, a letter um, detailing all that. And then um, Joyce writes about um, the ministry and um, just the power that it has. It's actually very, very moving. And there was a woman in England. Um, she was really, really keen to replicate this ministry. So it wasn't like, um, you know, MU Australia, MU Sydney borrowed everything from England. Um, you know, obviously ideas are shared. So this idea started in Sydney and then um, um, people, women in England wanted to borrow it, wanted to start it there. The 1982 AGM notes say that there were vacancies in the rosters for Minda, Yasma, Albion Street and maintenance courts. So at least in 1982, MU was at least involved in four of the courts. Okay. And some of the bequests left for MU, they're for general purposes, whereas others nominate something specific, such as MU morning teas at the children's court. So obviously some women had a real passion and love and desire that these ministries keep being funded. Probably one of the most well-known MU ministries is hospital visiting. Let's now turn to that. So point two there, um, sub-point two, hospital visiting. And I'm going to... Um, quote a couple of extended quotes just because I think it, they, it just gives you a real picture of what was happening. 
So um, during 2012, MU members have continued to visit mothers with new babies in 17 hospitals around our diocese. These visitors have come from 36 branches, including the Moore College Wives Group, organised by Mary O'Brien, who, who visit Royal Prince Alfred Hospital. At some hospitals, our visitors can only visit Anglican mothers and may only see two or three at a visit. But at other hospitals, they can see all the patients. And on one occasion, one MU member saw 32 patients. This goes on nearly every week of the year, so lots of babies are welcomed and lots of gifts are distributed. Members in many branches supply all the gifts for their visitors, but others are very grateful for the lovely garments and teddy bears which appear in the hospital cupboard at the shop. I never cease to be amazed at the quantities which are donated so generously by members and friends. This year, I was thrilled to receive lots of knitting from ladies at Mole Village and the War Veterans Village at Narrabeen. Mothers all over Sydney have been delighted to receive a hand-knitted gift from our members. MU has continued to supply grieving gowns and small nighties, bonnets, caps and quilts to the neonatal departments in 12 hospitals in our diocese. Again, I have to thank our members for all of the items that are supplied but I also must thank those women who have been able to come to our sewing days where so much is finished off and packed. Until last May, Mary Glover looked after this aspect of our work, but unfortunately she's had to resign. I would like to thank her for all she did, especially for organising deliveries to hospital. I'm very thankful to Christine Jensen's help for, for Christine Jensen's help and encouragement this year, and I thank God for all the ways members combine to enable the hospital visiting work to share Christ's love with so many people. Please continue to pray for us. So it's Natalie McLeod. So we often think about maybe um, MU visiting as in the baby visiting, as I just talked about, but there's also, as mentioned, the neonatal, well, that's obviously baby as well, but the children's hospital as well. And sometimes those patients were coming from um, Papua New Guinea and other places. So there's a couple of photos here, and um, also um, there's money that was raised as well. So this says, this award is presented to Anglican Mothers Union in recognition of outstanding generosity and friendship to the neonatal intensive care unit Westmead Hospital during 1998. Many thanks. So that's from the hospital there. In 1987, there are approximately... Um, um, 5,600 visits happened. The majority of visits have been to the maternity hospitals with a goodly number of visits to nursing homes and to general hospitals. The introduction of the Good News pamphlets, especially called to be mothers, has proved to be very helpful in our outreach within the hospitals. The work we are doing in this area is very important. We are touching lives for Jesus. The amount of love we have for our Lord can be seen in how much we care, love and give to the people with whom we are in contact. If our love and commitment to our Lord is sincere, we will with all our hearts want to bring others to him so that none shall perish but have eternal life. In Matthew 25 verse 40, we read these words from Jesus. Um, when you did it to these, my people, you were doing it to me. As we do this work of hospital visiting, we are doing it for the Lord. So Beverly Derrett. 
As you look at the archives, it was also lovely to read a handwritten note by Norma Dumbrell about the Children's Hospital, who, um, when I was a student here many years ago, um, ministered to me. Um, thirdly, evangelism. And these are just some general slides now. <laughs> um, in 1986, Jan Berkeley wrote, the Mother's Union evangelistic work made steady progress during 1986. Seminars were held in February, May and June at Bible House and were all well attended with vital, challenging speakers. Many parishes were visited subsequently with seminars and coffee mornings. Memorable to us are the lives that were changed by the message of God's salvation and has been immense privilege to be used by God in this way. We have found women who do not know what sin is and women who did not know they could have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We are tempted to think that everyone in our city has heard the gospel, but this is far from the truth. It is wonderful that the Mother's Union was founded by Mary Sumner to reach out to these folk living in darkness. One rector in particular has seen big changes in his parish with new people coming to faith in Christ and his MU members actively nurturing them. 1986 will begin with a city seminar at which top speakers will include Marion Gabbett, Reverend Dr Peter O'Brien, Lee Roberts and Jill Williams, who will enthuse and equip us to reach out to our friends and neighbours. The most important part of evangelism is prayer, and I earnestly implore you to pray for this work, for the loss of our land, and that God will raise up labourers to bring in a great harvest. So that was Jan Berkeley in 1986. And then one year later, um, Murray Robinson wrote, Dear friends, the year of our 90th birthday has been one of thanksgiving to God for all his goodness to, um, to us individually and as a fellowship of Christian women who are particularly concerned with teaching and upholding Christian values in our families. One of the most encouraging features of our work is the increased interest in evangelistic outreach and the number who are training to be more effective in this area. This is a time of great need and opportunity. Let us pray the Lord of the harvest that he will send out labourers into his harvest. So that was Mari Robinson in 1987. Also in 1987, um, a woman bequests $15,000 for evangelistic work to be happening amongst Aboriginal families um, and if possible she wanted that to happen in Redfern. Um, and then later in 1995, Gwen Tucker and Wendy Ryan shared their experiences about um, being involved with the Christianity Explored, Explained course and MU members were offered um, training in that course. So it's a big emphasis in evangelism. Well, fourthly, seminars. And some of us may be very familiar with those seminars, even if we're not MU members and we may have gone along to them in recent years and they've been very, very popular um, at the cathedral. Um, but way back in 1982, um, there was a seminar, Problems Facing Young Women in the 80s. If only I went. I was in high school for the first half of the 80s. I needed all the help I could get. Um, plus there was also a hospital visitor seminar. So the seminar in, seminars in those days, and I may be wrong, Glenda, you might be able to correct me, they seem to be more for MU members, um, that focus. Then from 2011, the seminars, while helping MU members, had a focus for helping and equipping 
Christians, um, MU members, but also for equipping um, other Christians who weren't MU members. Would you say that's right? That's right. That's right. So, for example, in 2012, um, Archdeacon, she was Cara Gilbert then, now Hartley, spoke on the theme To God Be the Glory. Sarah Scholl and Jackie Marshall spoke on reading the Bible with someone else. So trying to equip um, women to do one-to-one ministry. Um, and the MU notes recorded, this is the second seminar MU Sydney has held, that style of seminar anyway, and we are using them to reach out to women and men who would not, we would not usually contact, providing them with skills and informing them about MU. Now, one resource that just, it just came out again and again in the different, um, as speaking to different women, actually I'll leave it up here because Jan's in this photo, um, that seems very much underutilised is the parenting course. Um, I've been told it's an excellent course and at least one person in this room has been trained in it. Um, one of my good friends. Um, It's expensive for MU to be um, training people in it, but churches largely aren't picking it up. And it'd be interesting to know how many um, people on staff teams in Sydney actually know about the course's existence. And the course, it's not just suitable for um, Christian parents, but also um, for those who aren't Christian. The first Australian couple who Jan Livingston suggested get trained in the UK... And then, because it was happening in the UK, she saw it in the UK, thought this would be great to happen in Australia, so she suggested this couple go get trained. Um, They've trained other people in it, and they also um, run the the divorce care course. Point five there, writing. Um, Different MU members have written various writing material over the years. There are also um, numerous um, things on the website. There are cards, pamphlets, Bible study material, devotions and books. Robin Richardson said, there is a rich source of blessing through the printed word. Members have found great joy, strength and encouragement made available through the experiences of others as they put their pains, joys, learning, suffering into print and experience God's blessings as his name is glorified. I firmly believe that God started a great and mighty work through that faithful, committed Christian woman, Mary Sumner, and he is doing a great work within the ranks of the Mother's Union in this city, Sydney, for this nation. Do you want to be part of it? She asks. Robin Richardson. Um, this woman here, Dorothy Hulmore, um, she wrote a couple of books. She, wrote, she had an amazing um, ministry. Um, and I read a letter in the archives, which this is one of the letters I read that I, where I started crying, she, she was nominated um, the Bicentennial for a BHP award. And so Mari Robinson um, had to get testimonies um, about Dorothy from people. And um, one of the people that um, shared a testimony about her was a guy that um, said if it wasn't for Dorothy, he would be back in Long Bay Jail. And it's very, very moving about his conversion to Christ. And he also shares about how Mary, as an, who was 80 at the time when he wrote um, about her, um, this reference for her in one sense, um, said that um, I think she was living at Collaroy at that time and she used to get um, a ferry and a bus and a train all the way to Campbelltown to minister to this woman. Um, and she'd been ministering to this woman for over 20 years. And um, I think it took 20 years for this woman to become a Christian. So she sounds like an amazing, amazing woman. So 
That's another person you could <laughs> do for a church history project. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's an incredible, incredible person. Um, the website. Obviously, um, websites help more people know about the ministries of MU. On the Sydney one, there are a number of things, including upcoming events, the online shop, prayer diary, daily devotions. So, you know, all these things have been written and edited um, by MU women. The newsletter, the bridge, and there's a members-only section. It also shows what other Christian organisations MU is associated with. So, obviously, that gives you a feel for what MU is on about and their values. So, Anglican Aid, Anglican Deaconess Ministries, and more college, Anglican Youth Works. Um, yeah. Um, the shop, the next one, the shop. The shop obviously is the public face of MU, um, apart from the website in one sense. An enormous amount of foot traffic goes past the shop every day. Um, if you've never gone, it's in the Town Hall Arcade and I highly recommend it. You'll find some lovely gifts coming up to Christmas time, some lovely fair trade items. People can come in and find out about the ministries of MU and it's a hub for MU members volunteering. And say, for example, I found out um, recently, if you've been a member, say, for 60 years, you can also buy your badge there, which I just thought, it's a bit of a shame you have to buy your own badge, so, <laughs> after 60 years. Is that right? You have to buy your own badge? That's what, yeah, that's what I said in one of the interviews that we did, yeah. Yeah, as, as a new boss, you do that. <laughs> it also serves as the MU office, so it's, you know, conveniently located. Um, now, this next one, Ministry Projects. Um, this is just, when you go through the archives, this is, this is massive. I mean, all of these things are massive, and I'm just only touching on them briefly. But I'm just going to say a number of the things that fall under Ministry Projects, including overseas and MU workers. And so MU worker would be in a parish, and MU has contributed some money um, to their pay. So the huge variety of ministries MU are involved in, partner with, is seen clearly with the ministry projects. And here are just some over the years. So I just want to go through some of them to show you more kind of the breadth of the ministries that, um, that they're involved in. Um, so, for example, we were able to send a donation of $200 to Miss Shirley Harris in Pakistan, which arrived at a time of great need for her in her training program of women. The Lord's timing is always perfect. So that was in around 1987. Um, in 1999, the treasurer um, wrote, wrote, the Mother's Union itself is a missionary organisation. We support over 200 workers around the world and we need to direct our funds to our own missionary outreach. Money can be given to the Overseas Fund and or the Northern Outreach Fund, as well as our own diocesan projects. The MU worker at Sadlia, hospital and prison chaplains and hospital visiting. And the following um, are just some of the projects that they helped in 2012. So Margaret Powell, who some of you know, spoke about her ministry among Muslim women in Sydney and she acknowledged the support of MU Sydney. Um, there were also three parishes that had an MU worker um, Barella, Clavelli and Rouse Hill. There were chaplaincy grants to hospital, prison and the juvenile centre. There was funding towards a mentor for the Indigenous students at Nowra Anglican College. There was a youth work scholarship for New South Wales students outside the diocese. Um, they were partnering with Anglican Aid um, with a Mother's Day project in India and the Philippines. 
There was the support for Family Voice Australia regarding the Marriage Act deliberations. There was a positive um, parenting program in partnership with Anglicord in Melbourne. So that was in Honiara in the province of Melanesia. There was um, also involvement with a nursery school program in Myanmar. Um, there was a literacy program in Burundi. They helped out um, giving money to um, different dioceses in Australia, so the Northwest Diocese, Northern Territory and Northern Queensland, plus also extra money given to those three dioceses for the allocation of training to Indigenous women. Um, MU Sydney continues to contribute to the disaster relief through Mary Sumner House, so that was in 2012. So all these things and more happening just in 2012. And also in 2012, Dr Jude Long, who was a principal of Nunalinga College um, in Darwin, visited the MU shop and expressed her gratitude for the support MU had given to the creche at the college. Since her visit, it's been possible to show a short DVD at branch and deanery meetings, and this increased the MU members' interest in the college, and they expressed a desire to establish closer links with it. Um, Mary O'Brien said in 2012 about these projects, our influence as MU members may seem minuscule in light of the world's massive needs, but opportunities we have to understand more and intercede before God's throne of grace are significant as we seek to share Christ's love by encouraging, strengthening and supporting marriage and family life, both home and away. Um, in 2012, they also announced that there'd be a new program in 2013 and 2014 um, in Ethiopia, a literacy program for women. So sometimes money um, was given to lay women, sometimes to clergy women, sometimes to men. Um, so lots and lots of, like, a massive, a huge range of different um, ministries. Um, yeah. Um, this year, there's a special project for three years, so from 2022 to 2024. Um, quoting from the website, in partnership with Anglican Aid, Mothers Union Sydney is prayerfully and financially supporting the School of the Good Shepherd Lebanon, reaching and making a difference to the lives of Syrian and Iraqi refugee children. The school was begun just six years ago with six children in the living room of the house of an Anglican clergyman and his wife, in a village near the border and has grown to 350 children in a purpose-built three-storey building. So that's, that's just the that's just tiniest, tiniest little bit of the projects that they're involved in, and there's so many more, okay? But that just helps to show some of the breadth of the ministries that um, they are involved in and good stewards of the money that they have and being um, patrons to a certain extent as well, but being co-workers um, in the work of the Lord with these different ministries, um, both word-based ministries and other ministries of mercy. Um, and then number nine there, prayer. As you may have noticed with some of those different quotes that I was reading out, um, and also what I noticed with other things that I haven't read out, the most overwhelming thing for me, reading through the archives, was the priority of prayer. Um, so therefore, obviously, the trust in the Lord that these women had. So huge variety of ministries, yes, um, but prayer just came out again and again and again. So the President's report from 2012, so Christine Jensen, we need you to pray. I know you do already, but will you commit to praying daily, if you can, and ask the Lord, what is the way forward for MU? 
We need the Lord's wisdom. Our young Christian families need God's wisdom as they bring up their children. The task before us as MU Sydney is to think and pray how our vision can excite a new generation of women who love the Lord and want to see Christian family life in our nation strengthened and encouraged. In 1997, Deaconess Meryl Broadley said, told members that in her work as a prison chaplain, she can feel isolated and it's good to know people are praying for her. Mary Andrews, also Deaconess, who used to be the principal of Deaconess House um, and was a CMS missionary in China, she wrote a letter to MU six months before she died and she said, may I express my deep appreciation to MU members for all your prayerful support and encouragement. It has been a great privilege to have been a member of MU since 1938. I thank God for the wonderful support MU gave me while I was in China, and it is thrilling to hear the Christian church in China is growing. As Dr. Alan Cole once said, the Bible women were the backbone of the church in China. Pray for the church in China at this time when it's bursting at the seams. Yours in Christian bonds, Mary Andrews, Deaconess. So the MU prayers showed that they were co-workers in Christ with Mary Andrews and her ministry in China and the Chinese church more broadly. Well, point 10 there. Other comments and conclusion I'll do together. Now, I thought as I was reading, I mean, there was many, many interesting comments, but I thought there was an interesting comment from Pam Goodhue at the 1998 AGM. Um, so um, someone's quoting her. Pam comment, well, um, saying what she said. Pam commended members to read her letter to them in the annual report. Older members want younger members but are often intimidated by them while young women want the contact with older ones. We must reach out, so Pam is saying, we must reach out and offer help and pray for the young and make sure that we take an interest and follow up contacts. Now, Pam touched on a key issue that some MU members think is an issue 25 years later, the need for more younger members. And now this leads us to some possible challenges for MU. Sorry, forgot to... They do have this thing. Do you have the wedding dress procession? Not really going into that, but yeah. It's got jammed. Oh, well. Um, what shall I leave it on? I'll leave it on that. Um, so, um, yeah, so this leads us to some possible challenges for MU. So God has done you know, many amazing things through the women of MU, but like many ministries, MU faces challenges. The ministries of lay people are often not valued. The ministries of older people are often not valued. Um, you know, Australian society more generally doesn't really value older people, and sadly that can be reflected in our churches. Women are often doing paid work throughout the week. There's been an increase in the professionalisation of ministry and a decrease in volunteer ministry. If the rector is not on side with MU, then MU won't really be able to take off in the parish. So some women I spoke to, um, they spoke of um, branches not being able to um, use the hall, for example, so they couldn't um, use it. A lot of churches have a lot of things on for their parishioners nowadays. A number of women would see, you know, thinking about their regular church commitments, they'd think Sunday church and midweek Bible study group. Um, they don't feel like they can cope with other things. 
Um, their children may be doing a lot of extracurricular activities. The membership of MU in Australia is currently only about 5,000 women or people. 90% of MU members are in Africa and in the um, and in subcontinent. MU membership is larger in the Diocese of Melbourne, Brisbane and Newcastle than it is in Sydney. Now, that may surprise you, thinking, what? But this may well be because in Sydney there are so many other lay women's ministries compared to the diocese I just mentioned. The irony is that a brilliant lay women's ministry, such as MU, may well be undermined to a certain extent by the existence of other good lay women's ministries. Women don't necessarily realise how they could benefit from the ministries of MU. People connect with people and they don't necessarily know anyone in MU to begin with. But what's MU going to do about this? Well, you'll be glad to know. MU is currently thinking through how to attract young members. They've organised a group of younger women to help them think through that. So hopefully many other women get to benefit from MU in the future. Hopefully many other women will become members and they can be a blessing to others through their lay ministry and be blessed by others. In October 1993, in response to the Archbishop's presidential address, Bishop Brian King, who had just become Bishop of Parramatta, wrote to Mary Coyne, who was the diocesan secretary of MU at the time, and asked what ministries MU was doing in um, his region. Included in his questions were how he felt the M how um, he felt the role of MU was connected to the bishop, archdeacon and area deans. Now this makes sense that he asked those questions as a bishop asking this, but what is key again and again for MU to thrive is the willingness of rectors, the willingness of church, of the local church um, to be connected, um, to you know, be involved with them, of clergy in local churches. Mary Coyne answered all his questions on behalf of MU and she also enclosed some um, Bible study material written by Marion Gabbett. The letter was dated um, in um, the 17th of the 12th, 1993, and it ended with a note. And she writes, During 1991 and 1992, we employed a mother's union worker, Mrs Mary Ellen Jamison, in the parish of Katoomba. She was able to start a playgroup, encourage local leadership, run Christianity explain courses, and train women in hospital visiting. Robin Mules was very pleased with her work. In 1993, we have employed Mrs. Joanne Woodcock in the parish of Sadlia, which was in the Parramatta region before the recent changes. Joanne has initiated many ministries with single parents and has been able to liaise with Careforce Liverpool and government social workers. I know Kelvin Tutt is thrilled with her work. Both women have contributed enormously to their parishes and have only been paid 6,000 per year. This money has come from donations from branches and members throughout the diocese. So that was her response to him. 30 years on, Mother's Union is still doing great ministries, largely behind the scenes, largely by lay women. It would be great if more people knew of the ministries of MU and how they could benefit from them and how they could be involved in MU. At the beginning of my talk, I spoke about Mary, an MU member here in Sydney. I would consider Mary one of my spiritual mothers. I've never had the privilege of marriage and motherhood, but Mary has taught me a lot about both and taught me, and she's still teaching me, many things about the Christian life more generally and about ministry. 
But if I had got married and had children, I would have definitely loved having access to more women like Mary in MU. If you know of some young mums that aren't connected to MU, please consider letting them know about it and how it might be of help to them or older women who can help younger women. I'm going to close with the Mother's Union Prayer. So let's pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who gave marriage to be a source of blessing to mankind, we thank you for the joys of family life. Pour out upon us your Holy Spirit that we may truly love and serve you. Bless all who are married and every parent and child. May we know your presence and peace in our homes. Fill them with your love and use them for your glory. Bless the members of the Mother's Union throughout the world. Unite us in prayer and worship, love and service, that strengthened by your grace, we may seek to do your will through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Erin. Thank you so much, Jane, um, for sharing your uh, research with us. It's certainly um, a wonderful organisation with just an incredibly wide range of ministry um, over many decades. Um, and I learned so much tonight about MU, so thank you. Um, would, are there any questions from any of you for Jane? I'll just repeat the question for the recording. Uh, was there any connection with the Archbishop of uh, Canterbury um, and with the name Sumner and the Archbishop of Canterbury? Well, um, you might be able to answer this, Glenda. It, I'm sure. It became, there's definitely Bishop yes. and I'm not, I'm not, I have to follow that up and get back to you. Yeah, and they were definitely evangelical, the family, um, and there was definitely um, bishops and other um, senior clergy, but I'm not sure about the Archbishop of Canterbury. Yeah, yeah. So the difference between the Anglican Deaconess Ministries and Mother's Union, uh, because they started around the same time and uh, they're different partnerships. Thanks, Ruth. Yeah, that sounds like a good project for you to do. <laughs> that sounds great. Um, there is overlap. And as you, as you um, noticed, um, I was quoting a couple of deaconesses. Um, and... Um, particularly the, some of the deaconesses were involved in some of the poorer parishes in the diocese. And I guess their main emphasis wasn't for promoting family life and, um, you know, um, bringing up of children. That wasn't why they started. Um, they were set apart to help parish life and to help um, people in the parish. Um, Bible teaching ministries and everything, but also 
when you when you look through um, some of the archives of the Deaconess and some of the older records, a lot of what some of us would call ministries of mercy as well. But yeah, I think that would be a great project for you to do. <laughs> Maybe that would be another um, library evening with Ruth. <laughs> Okay, well thank you again Jane uh, for your excellent presentation this evening and uh, thank you to all of you uh, for coming along uh, in person and also those of you watching online. Um, I wish you all a very good night. Thank you.